This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night. We're up the top of the tower. It can mean only one thing. Fight Disciples is back in your ears here on Radio City Talk. And let me tell you what a weekend it has been. We've got a massive weekend coming up, of course. Another world title fight. A massive card on home soil featuring a tons of local talent, one of which is in, joining me in the studio right now. But listen, this is the problem, you see, with me not being a radio host, I don't know how to do the buttons, but I really wanted to start this show by blasting out Sweet Caroline in ode of Liverpool's new champion of the world, Rocky Field, and what a sensational performance that was in Germany on Saturday night. I'm going to get stuck into that in just a second with my special guest, Undefeated heavyweight Alex Dickinson joins me in the studio tonight. How are you doing, my mate? Great, mate. Yeah, looking you. well, looking lean. Cheers. Fighting this weekend. Yeah, still yeah. no opponent yet. Not yet. No, no one's uh, been put forward yet. So hopefully, I'll know something next couple of days. No one's manning up to take the big bombs, eh? No, no. no. I might drop down to Steel Loose's weight and uh, fill him in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we'll t- talk about that obviously much later. Alex's. On the card this weekend, that's the MTK show destined for Greenbank Sports Academy on Saturday night. Full info about that card coming up a little bit later in the show, along with ticket details. I know there is some tickets left on the door. It's a packed card, seven or eight fights. Alex is on there, and there's a belter. Someone's O has got to go. Uh, all Merseyside prospect clash on there as well. If you listened to the show last week, you'll know exactly what I was talking about. That's all to come. First and foremost, let's go back to the beginning. Alex, what a performance Saturday night from Rocky Fielding. Yeah. Sensational stuff. Yeah, made up to, for, for him to get that world title finally. Um, I didn't see the fight, but uh, fifth round knockout, wasn't it? It was absolutely unreal, yeah. You know, this is a guy, Tyron Zuger, who's making the fifth or sixth defence of his title in Germany. You know, anyone in and around boxing knows how hard it is to go to Germany and get any kind of a decision. You're always rolling the dice when you're going to Germany. You know, we've seen Paul Smith go over there and get completely treated unfairly in his first fight with Arthur Abram. Uh, Martin Murray, Rocky Fielding's old teammate, went over there, got completely robbed against Felix Sturm. It's a tough place for any fighter to go and get a decision. But Rocky Fielding did the one thing that you've got to do, yeah. and that's take it out the hands of the judges. Gave it to him, didn't he? It's a great, great step for him as well because the world is oyster now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's no hotter division. Of course, Callum Smith fights George Groves hopefully in September in the World Boxing Super Series. James the Gale is available as a big opponent. Uh, Billy Joe, uh, Billy. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders is talking about potentially moving up to super middleweight. It's a big fight there. And then Eubank Jr., of course, as well. So Rocky Fielding right now has put himself in pole position for some big money fights. Yeah, yeah. especially if him, him, and, him and Callum boxed again. That would be a big one, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I think, you know, that would be a brilliant conclusion to the World Boxing Super Series. You know, you get if Callum Smith can do the business against George Groves, he would pick up the WBA super belt. Obviously, Rocky at the weekend pick up the regular world title belt listen if you're scratching your head at that comment me and Alex are in the game and we scratch our head about it all the time don't even worry about it but basically there's two versions of a WBA world champion right now George Groves presently has got one Rocky Fielding's got the other but if Callum Smith beats George Groves Rocky Fielding and Callum Smith yeah. potentially that's a is that an Anfield fight? It could be it'll be a sort of sellout wouldn't it I think because they've boxed before and we didn't see much of the fight did we really of, of the pairing together like, of course First so, round finish for Callum. Yeah, but obviously, Rocky's come back from that massively. And uh, he's proved that on Saturday night with 
stoppage on in the fifth round with him. So it could be a sellout for, for Anfield. Isn't it mad that, you know, Callum lost, you know, sorry, Rocky lost to Callum yeah. November 2015, first round, got stopped, got, just got caught. You know, it was a great, it, the fight didn't last long. I think Rocky tried to pounce on Callum. Callum caught him with a shot coming in. Yeah. You know, and it, it could have, you know, in theory, it could have happened to either of them. It couldn't happen to any boxer, you know, in the yeah. first round, you get caught like that. But that was November 2015, July 2018. By the way, Callum Smith is still still undefeated, but still waiting for a world title fight. Yeah. And Rocky Fielding goes to Germany and becomes world champion. Only yeah. in boxing. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's anyways, you can um, you can get them opportunities and uh, the whole thing changes for you. And say Rocky's, Rocky's waited by this time. He's got that opportunity to go over there. And like I said, he's uh, come back a world champion. It, it, Another world champion in Liverpool, you know. It's it's phenomenal, and you know I was I was uh, thinking about this the other day when you know obviously Rocky was making his ring walk and everything else. And listen, this city's had some incredible fighters, absolutely incredible. But when you look at the cold hard facts of the world champions of the four belts, let's be let's be honest, they are the four major governing bodies: WBC, WBA, IBF, and the WBO. They're, they're the four that we would say are the genuine top of the three world title belts, and you can count on one hand. You know, John Conte, Paul Hodgkinson, Tony Bellew, Liam Smith, hopefully again this weekend, two-time, yeah. and now Rocky Fielding. They're yeah. the only ones who've held them tight. Listen, Shane Nearly was across the city and, and became, like, you know, the biggest spectacle on IT, ITV boxing in the 90s. But Jimmy only had the WBU belt. You know, mm. you, you get them for free these days. Mm. David Burke, for all his talent, only ever won a WBU belt. Likewise, Derry Matthews, WBU. And then when you go back in history, the likes of Nell Tarleton and all these guys... They were all phenomenal, but they never won a version of the world title in yeah. any in a, at any level, you know. So it's incredible that Rocky can put himself in this elite elite group, count on one hand group of bona fide world champions from yeah. this city. Absolutely phenomenal for him. I think watching that fight at the weekend as well, you know, okay, it was live on Sky Sports and that was brilliant. That's all, that's all you can want at the end of the day. But Sky Sports didn't do the production. They just bought a feed from from Germany. They didn't send a commentary team. They commentated from a studio somewhere yeah. in London. Yeah. You know, Eddie Ian wasn't ringside. It, it, it felt like Rocky Fielding and his little and his band of brothers, Jamie Moore, Martin Murray, his corner team, and fifty or so scousers from Stockbridge Village jumped on a flight. Couldn't even get to the place Offenburg. You can't even get there by plane. You then have to travel to get there. You know, it, it just felt like he was just sent out there. Yeah. To do a job, and on paper the job wasn't bringing the belt back. Yeah. But to do it the way he did, Boston, you know, class. as a boxer yourself, looking at it, is that the dream way to win a world title? To go to the champion's backyard where he's undefeated, yeah. he's on a sixth defense, and to destroy him, and yeah. that's what he did. He destroyed him. Of course, he was um, obviously the underdog, and uh, to find all the odds, and uh, he gone and done that. And there's nothing better than um, proving people wrong and having people putting doubt on you, and you just coming back with a smile on your face and with that world title there's a ah, you'll be on cloud nine it's a it's a great it's a great achievement and something obviously one day I get there one day doing doing that like winning, winning a world title absolutely do, do you see things like this you know like the, the journey Rocky's been on and you know let, let's be honest here Rocky Fielding isn't you know he wasn't picked by match team on the back of an Olympics and given a six figure contract and been steered this way you know he hasn't he hasn't been on all these big shows 
you know, he, he, he started, he mentioned it the other day, he started in a sports hall in Salford and then he had to get on prize fighting and win prize yeah, fighters to I kind of catch that, any yeah. attention. And then suddenly he got a bit of momentum then. You know, this is a guy that was out to the same gym as the Smith family, same gym as Tony Bellew. And he's, he, he wasn't given the opportunities they would afforded early on. He's had to do it the hard way. Yeah. So someone like yourself, who's, who's kind of in a similar position, you know, I, I know you've got the ABA Super Heavyweight title. No one can ever take that away yeah. from you. But in a lot of ways, you know, you're still having to, you're selling tickets. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. you're, you're doing it the hard way. You're yeah. building it up. And yeah. surely people like Rocky, the success there, must rub off on you and go, I, I know him. Yeah. I know how hard he's worked. Yeah. This journey, it's tough, but you can get there. Yeah, of course. And even um, it's different to like when I was an amateur to being a professional now, but um, I was all, I was always, um, people always said to me, oh, Alex, you're too small. You, you you need to go down a weight and what have you. You know, the two big fellas, you'll never win an ABA title. And um, I end up proving them wrong. And that's why I'm saying it's, it's always good to, prove people wrong the doubters that will say you're not you're not able to do something where Rocky went over to Germany and like you said people weren't expecting him to win that um, he was going over there to be fed to the Lions and uh, unfortunately uh, it changed didn't it and he, and he, he, he beat him and uh, he beat him in a good fashion as well yeah fifth round stoppage for a fellow who's defended his, his title five times you yep, say absolutely that's, a, that's impressive and it's a good statement as well over there, isn't it? I know to get the fight he had to sign a part of his deal was that Zugo rematch. got an immediate rematch. But you know, if if you're defending on home soil and you get smashed to bits and you get dropped with the heavy with the body shot and your corner has to throw in the towel, psychologically that's not a fight you want to be doing mm. anytime soon. Because no. listen, Rocky Fielding ain't going back to Germany, that's for sure. Yeah, so would that rematch would that say he's gotta come Back to England. I don't know necessarily whether it specifies that in the contract, but I'd be surprised if it said the rematch has got to play take place in Germany as yeah. well. Bear in mind, Tannen Zuger, he was the last German world champion. You know, when was the last time in the last decade that Germany didn't have at least one world champion? Yeah. Certainly around that twelve stone division as well. It's a division they've dominated for a long period. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the end of an era there. Rocky Fielding has kind of rubber stamped the end of an era of German boxing at a time when British boxing is absolutely <laughs> booming. Um, speaking of world titles of course um, before we move on to anything else obviously I'm going to speak to you about the MTK show this weekend everything to do with yourself but we could get a sec- another world champion this weekend Yeah, Las Vegas T- talk about making history Liam Beefy Smith again let's go back to it one of those handful of scousers who have held a proper version of the world title he returns this weekend in Las Vegas challenges for his old WBO um well, to, super welterweight belt, um, like middleweight and old money. Massive opportunity for him. Tough fight, really tough fight. But before we come on to the opponents, in terms of history making, you know, this is the fascinating thing. No scouser has ever headlined in Las Vegas before. John Conte's fought in Vegas. He was on a Muhammad Ali undercard one time, but he never headlined. He never fought for the title in Vegas. Liam Smith ticks a couple of legacy boxes this weekend. It's just a well, it's just another list of history-making achievements for that family, let's yeah. be totally honest. But this weekend, tough opponent. He's got a tough fight on his hands yeah. against Jay Munguia. Again, I don't know much about his opponent. Um, I've seen, seen a little bit of a HBO stuff last night, actually. Yeah. Um, he looked strong. He um, looks like he's not going to just stand there and, uh, and um, get beat up type of thing. He looks strong. Um, and I'm sure Liam will um, be going over there to give it to him. To come back with the world title as well, yeah. 
Um, but like I said, I don't know much about his opponent, so I can't really comment on. I think in Munguia, no one, no one's even heard of this kid. Really, he's got a mad record. He's like twenty nine and zero with twenty five knockouts. You know, now when you look at it, you think, wow, that's impressive. This guy shot to fame last year because his name got put in the frame to fight Triple G Golovkin. Right, okay, yeah. And then what happened is the the Las Vegas board said uh, bizarrely. They said, oh, no, no, you, you can't fight Triple G. You haven't fought at this level. You know, it'd be stepping up a weight division. Uh, and they knocked back the fight for him, even though he was keen to take it. But the aftermath of that, he fought Saddam Ali. He replaced right, yeah, Liam yeah. Smith against Saddam Ali, who had just beat Miguel Cotto to win Liam's old WBO belt. And then he goes in against Ali. Again, he was supposed to be cannon fodder in New York. Knocks out yeah. Ali inside four rounds, and suddenly a star's born. Yeah. Golden Boy in America, HBO now jumped all over him because he's a you know he's a, he's a six foot one Mexican, which is unusual. Who's obviously got mad punch power. Yeah. Listen, Liam will go into the Lions Den this weekend. Then Mexicans pack out Las Vegas. They'll be there in big support for them. But Liam Smith's been there before. Yeah. You know he, he fought Canelo, Canelo in yeah. front of fifty thousand. Yeah. At this stage in his career, you know, he, he's, surely he's got nothing to lose going no. out there, Alex. No, he's got nothing to lose um, with that Canelo fight. Even though it didn't go his his way. He'd have learned so much off that fight, and I'm sure the experience he's got from that fight, he'll be taking into that into the fight this weekend. And I don't think he'll be phased by it. Um, it just it's all it is is it's, it's a ring in just a different country, in a different city, and he'll just do his thing. Um, and I do think, even though I don't know much about the, his opponents, I think Liam is good enough to come back with the world title. Yeah. Looking at his opponent's record, 29 fights, I'd say, 29 fights undefeated. Only been past six rounds once in his entire career. Now, that, that says two things. Obviously, the kid's got incredible punch yeah. power. But it also suggests that if Liam can get him past six rounds, yeah. he's going to feel uncomfortable because yeah. that's not a world he's used to. It's the first time he's been past that, yeah, possibly. And Liam's always ready for the 12 rounds anyway. Um, a bit, I see it watching against uh, Liam Williams, Williams yeah. um, in Newcastle. and done the 12 rounds there. So I'm sure Liam's prepared for whatever the situation's going to be. Um, but whether he's prepared and he's overlooked Liam, um, we'll see on Saturday night, won't we? Absolutely, yeah. I spoke to, I spoke to Liam yesterday um, on Monday. The flight, they were flying out today, Tuesday, which is why we haven't got him on here tonight. He's actually travelling to Las Vegas as we speak. Uh, they should be touching down there later on Tuesday. I'll try and get some content for him for Radio City Talk later in this week, but you can also catch up with... Um, some more content from him and from Rocky Fielding over at Fight Disciples on our podcast this week. We've got content on both. We also have a little bit of a wrap-up of the Manny Pacquiao performance. What did you make of the Pacquiao fight? Did you did you see it? Seen it worries me that a 40-year-old man, Alex, suddenly is fighting like a 20-year-old man again. Has it got anything to do with the fact that Manny's now training in the Philippines and fighting in Asia rather than being in the rather-controlled North uh, American market? Uh, I didn't want to say that, to be honest with you. I'll but, say uh... it. I've said it. It's, it's not a problem. <laughs> it's not a problem, but, but yeah. it was quite surprising, wasn't it, that he's yeah. moving the way he is yeah. at 40 years of age. Yeah, he demolished him, didn't he? Um, but he's still got his pace and whatever, but he's definitely, um, he's definitely on that Canelo meet, isn't he? Yeah. Absolutely. Very well put, very politically well put. A uh, bit more news coming up after the break. Stick with us, Alex Dickinson in the studio. We're going to get stuck into the MTK card this weekend. And for one more time, and the new Rocky Fielding joins the elite list of Merseyside world champions. Couldn't happen to a nicer lad. Come back. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples here on Radio City Talk. If you're just joining us, 
first part of the show, me and my guest, heavyweight Alex Dickinson, was celebrating the fact that Merseyside crowned a new Boxing World Champion at the weekend. Once again, Rocky Field and absolutely sensational stuff. And this weekend coming up, Liam Beefy Smith. Fingers crossed we get two world champions in a week. How great would that be? A uh, little bit more news just to pick up on before I start picking Alex's brain. Sam Maxwell has been confirmed for the Windsor Park show featuring Carl Frampton on August the 18th. Sam this week as well, like yourself, signed a new deal with MTK. Yeah. Exciting times for both yeah. of you. Uh, Robbie Davis Jr. will challenge for British Commonwealth titles at Super Lightweight on October the 13th up in Newcastle against Glen Foot. Great fight that. I know there's a ton of scousers already booking, uh, booking trains and hotels. Ryan Farag will return. He faces Bradley Watson for his old English bantamweight title. That will also be a British title eliminator. I think that's in September. Matty Fagan returns also September the 1st against Robbie Barrett for the vacant IBF European lightweight belt. And finally, last and not least, um, following his TKO victory in the third round against Amir Khan in Liverpool, Tom Farrell will return on the next Amir Khan show I'm here in Birmingham on September the 18th. Exciting times for Merseyside, matey, and especially exciting times for yourself. Um, you returned to the ring this weekend, your seventh pro fight. Yeah. What's, your, what's this journey been like in this, you know, this, this minefield that is British boxing right now? Do you think it's better now because there's loads of fighters and loads of availability? Yeah. Or do you think it's harder now because there's so much competition to get on shows? Um, I've been quite lucky because uh, I, I signed a contract with uh, Frank Warren. So I've been quite lucky to be on the Belfast Bills with uh, Carl Frampton. Uh, I got on a few with Hubie Fiori and I got on the one with Tyson the other week. So I've been quite lucky, been quite busy. Um, but the likes of other lads that haven't got contracts, that's where they can struggle with getting fights and what have you. Um, yeah, it's a weird time, as I say. It's you know, I, I remember ten years ago that you could, you know, we used to get. Um, this was well, it must have been more than ten years ago. But I'm showing probably showing my age now. When I used to, when I was covering boxing from the Echo in the early days, something like seventeen, eighteen years ago now used to get a book called Barry Hugman's Boxing Bible. You won't even remember this. No, no. And every year... A younger than you. Yeah, are, exactly. Right? Every year you'd get this boxing annual that would come out in January. And it was a listings of every professional boxer in the country. So it's like Boxrec, but it was in like a, a Yellow Pages type book. Yeah. And you'd get it at the start of the year. And that was your Bible then for the year. And then what I'd do is, this is how hard I used to work covering boxing. I would, get, I would go to as many shows as I could, obviously. But I would also read boxing news religiously. And I would update every fighter's profile but with a with a biro in Barry J. Hugman's boxing book. So I knew how many fights everyone had had. Because there was no internet then. Yeah. Oh, I am so old. <laughs> and so I knew what everyone's record. It's easier now with boxers. Yeah. But then, yeah. you know, there must have been between five and six hundred pro active pros in the UK at any mm. one time. Around that spell, I'm talking, I'd say 17, 18 years ago. Nowadays, go on BoxRec now, search for UK boxers. You're looking at at least 1,500 active pros. Yeah, It's an insane time. It's brilliant. Yeah. British boxing's never been as strong as it is now, but it's an insane time. But people think, you know, I, I still think there's a lot of people that turn over. And, you know, we see a lot now with lads turning over who have got like a, a white-collar background. You know, a few years ago, if you didn't have an ABA belt, forget about it. Yeah. But there's a lot of shows now. There's a lot more promotions. Yeah. There's a lot more going on. For yourself, it's working out fine. Yeah, you're, you're with MTK, you know, one of the leading management companies yeah. in the whole in the whole world. Let's yeah. be honest; they've just yeah. moved into Mexico. You've also got a promotional deal with Frank Warren, yeah. which, is, which is sensational with the BT Sport. You know, but you've got there's lads in your gym mm. and lads on this card from your gym. In fact, yeah. 
that are still doing it the hard way, that are yeah. still doing it on ticket sales. You know, you, you live and die by your ticket sales. Yeah. People don't um, people don't realise how hard it is to to be a professional boxer because not only is it the training, what have you, you've got to be on your social media, you've got to be able to sell tickets. If you don't sell tickets, you don't get paid. Um, you know, you, you, your coaches aren't going to um, do your corners for free, your cutmen aren't going to do your corners for free. You've got to sell tickets. And if you struggle to sell tickets, you may be in the wrong game. Yeah. Um, even with the the Warren stuff, sometimes you've got to sell. You you've still got to sell tickets because you've got to show that you you are trying. Because if you just sit back and say oh, I'm on the Warren Bill, don't need to sell tickets, and you yeah. sell ten tickets, they won't be happy with you. Of course. So they still want you to sell as many tickets as you can. Um, I'm lucky. I've got a great following. Um, from Formby where I'm at, I've got some great family and friends that come that travel over to Ireland to 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 watch me box. So I I'm, I'm all, I do all right with the tickets, but a lot of the lads do struggle, and yeah. um, it 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 is um, even like the lads you see on the television. Sometimes because people see them on the television, people always might think, "Ah, oh, baby, they're getting paid loads." Yeah, and they don't realise they're only getting paid probably a couple of hundred quid. Exactly, and it's. <laughs> It's sometimes it's not worth it, especially if you if you have a hard fight, um, the money and you're not getting paid. It's it can be heartbreaking a little bit. Like I was speaking to Jed Carley, features on this MTK yeah. show this coming weekend. Uh, we were having a chat a few months ago, and he was Jed works as a as a paramedic, or you know, he's got he's got he's got a full time job somewhere within that kind of industry. And he was saying the money I make from boxing, the hours that I have to knock back in overtime and everything else to go training. And preparing for fights, he said, boxing costs me money. It costs me money to, t- to be a professional boxer. That's mad when you think about it. Yeah, it is. It is. I was um, I was a floor layer, a self-employed floor layer, and um, that was when I'd won the ABAs and I was still working. I was working on the Royal Hospital. Hospital. That's why That's why it went under, because <laughs> I was working on there. But, um, no, I was working on there. And, the new um, one? The new one, yeah. yeah. I was working on there, and... Um, I was getting up at say five o'clock, going to the gym, training in the morning, and getting to work a little bit late. Um, do my day's work, go 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 to the gym straight away from work, do my training, and I'll run later of an evening. That was my days. And since turning over, I've realised that it's generally impossible to um, to to train. Yeah. If it's it's sorry, it's, it's generally impossible to train if you're working as well. Yeah. Um, I'm in a I've got some great people around me that support me financially um, with my sponsors, um, so I'll give them a little shout out later on. Of course, but um, do it now. I'd do it be, now before um, we forget. I'll do it. I've got them all wrote down. All oh, right, okay. So <laughs> put me on the spot. Don't forget there. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I generally say before I've, um, I finish work, I got me, I, I got a mortgage. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I generally wouldn't be able to no support myself. No, if, well, you wouldn't be able to get a mortgage. No, because your you know, your income rate. You know, is 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 up and down. Yeah. You know, your next payday is as big as the next phone call. Yeah. yeah. And it's and you, the the chances of that phone call are as good as your last performance. Mm, of course. Or how is. many tickets you sell. Mm. But I've been quite lucky with uh, MTK. Have they've kept me busy. Um, seven fights over thirteen months is yeah. is a lot. But it's, it's what it's what what I want. You know. Um. So it's good that they kept me busy. So it was like a fight every other month basically. Um. So I've been quite lucky to. Having the support from my sponsors and also 
me me because I do sell well with the tickets yeah. to get a bit of a wage out as well. So yeah. So how did a floor fitter from Formby end yeah. up end up winning a super heavyweight ABA title for Kirby ABC? Blagged how did it. that journey come? Blagged it. Um <laughs> how did you end up in Kirby first I'll, and foremost? Um I don't know. Uh, I've got me two friends were, were there just boxing there. One, one of my friends was box well, one of my friends was boxing there, the other one was just going there training. And um he said, Why don't you come to Kirby? Um have a go there. So I was like, Go on, yeah. And at this time I was just doing just messing around doing a little bit of boxing, pad work with my cousin. Um so I went up there and um sort of got the bug a little bit. And then I got to the point where I was thinking, you know what, I'll have one fight and uh just see what happens. Just yeah, just scratch that itch yeah, basically. Just yeah. See what happens, see if I get fit see if I get battered or not. <laughs> but um yeah, I had a fight in the Kirby suite in uh, Kirby and a one. Do you remember who it was against? It was against the Navy, but I couldn't tell you his name. Right. Um, but I just remember thinking, Navy, he's going to be fit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I best be fit because them lads train. They train. Them lads train full time. Of course. And uh, I won. And then um, I think I boxed again like two weeks later because the novices were coming up, uh, and Kirby wanted to put me into the novices. Um, so I boxed again. I stopped that lad. And then I went to the novices, and then I won the novices, and then I had a bit of a break. And then I think I'd only had five fights by then, so I had a break for about a year. And then I uh, come back into boxing, just in time for the under-20 novices. Um, but I'd only had five fights, but because I won the under-10s, yeah, yeah, you qualified. I couldn't do the under-20s. Gotcha. So we entered the under-20s with only five fights, um, ended up winning that, I think that was with 10 fights or whatever it was. Um, I had a break again just because the only reason I was why I was having the break was because of work. I was working away. I was at the time, I was working for a company, so right. I couldn't say I don't. I'm not going to go there where they tell me to go. I, I had to go. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the company I was working for went into liquidation, so um, I ended up being self-employed and then being able to do my own thing type of thing. So uh, I started back boxing a, couple, a year or two later, um, and uh, I got a call up for the England squad. To go over to Norway and box, uh, so that was on my tenth fight. It was yeah, um, so it was quite quite, quite a meteoric, yeah, meteoric yeah. even though it was over a couple of years. Yeah, it was quite quick. Yeah, well, my first fight was in uh, well, I was twenty three. I'm thirty one now, so it was eight years ago. Um, so I was went over to Norway, boxed in Norway, come home, and then um, I went the ABAs and uh, I won the ABAs, and I'd only had. 15 fights by then and then I boxed in the GBs won the GBs that was my 16th fight and then um, I say decided to turn over um, but the only gym I wanted to turn over with was Evan Red Triangle um, and I've, to be honest with you I've been there now just over a year and um, I've not looked back of course the gym the gym is absolutely flying Um the lads in there are, are what great. made you turn pro obviously you had a you were obviously making inroads on an international scale with team gb you'd won the gbs mm. did you not think you know did you not look at what anthony joshua did in 2012 and think you know what no a well, gold medal or was you never really no a, a, a amateur inclined no the um gb know who they want to go with the olympics um so when i'd won the abas they already had people lined up who they were wanting to go with the olympics so and i was i was um, twenty nine or thirty. Yeah. So I and I got a bit of a heads up saying you're a bit too old. They're wanting someone who they can from twenty one to yeah, build yeah. into something type of thing. So yeah, and 
I didn't want to be away from home. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't like living in Sheffield. Five yeah, days I didn't a week like. I, that. I didn't. I, that wasn't my type of thing. That setup up there, um, being told what to do, and um, yeah, no, it just wasn't my scene. Yeah, um, maybe that's because you were twenty nine. Though you know, you you were basically running your a business yeah. for yourself. You were self employed. Yeah. Suddenly, then to go back to being treated like a kid, mm. tell them what to eat, what time to sleep, yeah. what time to be in training. You've got to live in digs in Sheffield. Maybe it just came 10 years too late for you. Yeah, but a lot of the lads down there are young lads as well. So I was like, when I was going up there for my camps, I was like the, the oldest there as well. And it, I just felt out of place type thing. And um, yeah, it was totally the right decision for me was to turn over. Yeah. Um, I never, when I had my first fight, I never dreamt of being a professional. Sitting here with you now. Um, but yeah, never, never dreamt of doing what I'm doing now. Um, it was purely a fitness thing and it was purely like a curiosity thing. Yeah. Kind of win a fight. Yeah, just to see what happens. Isn't, and that, isn't that mad though that, you oh, know, yeah. within 10 fights you were a two-time national champion yeah. and yeah. then within 15 fights you were it senior is, champion and GB champion yeah. as well. I know. I, it, it is. It's a... Uh, I love... I, yeah, it's just one of them, isn't it? I'm just, is there anyone in your life that, you know, when you first got into it was saved from the start... You can you can do something here. You can was it a coach or a family member or is anyone that's been from the beginning? You could be a champion. You could do this. You could um, go there. My cousin Liam, he 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 got me on the pads just to like just to just to get used to throwing a punch and get learn how to throw a punch and what have you. And he's always said, "I knew you were gonna do something. I knew you were gonna do something." Um, so he's always said he's always he's always believed in me. Um, Before you believed in you, evidently. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. But I believe myself now. Um, I totally believe that whatever's going to happen with my career, um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I feel like there's something. That's the reason why I never stopped boxing when I was like um, working, and I was having the breaks through the amateur stuff. It was because I just felt like there was always more to. There's something more to give to boxing. I felt like I, I had more to give, and um, evidently. There it was, you know, under twenties, then the ABAs, and then I've turned over and I've signed with Frank Warren, who's one of the biggest is the, probably one of the biggest promoters in in the world. Like, yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's 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 just crazy thing. I'm just a, a normal. I am just a normal lad from Formby, and uh, like people in school now that I don't. If I seen people who, who went to high school with, they would never have thought that I'd be where I was now. Were you not like the bet? You know, in your year at school, were you not like the elite sportsman, captain of the football team, cricket team, basketball um, team? I was, you know, qu- I was quite sporty, but I wasn't. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Say, I, I was quite. I pick up sports quite quickly, but I was realistic. I was just a bit of the chubby kid eating crisps um, and having like five sandwiches and stuff like that. So I wasn't um, a popular kid or nothing like that. So that's why I think when people hear about what I'm doing now, they can't believe that. Yeah. I'm that person type of thing, you know. Do you, do you still get a reaction now when you're walking through Formby and you see people you went to school with? Do they kind of go, <gasps> uh, no, not really. Um, I'm quite polite, so I like seeing people that I, I haven't seen for a while or what, what have you. Um, but no, just, just I just see myself as just... just a... Have you bumped into the school bully yet? That'd be the best one. Surely, um... surely the kid that used to tease you, calling you Fat Alex or whatever it was when you were a kid. <laughs> He's the um, one you want to bump into. Sounds like the expert. Um, <laughs> no, um, I think um, I wouldn't say 
I bumped into me school bullies, but um, I've had people that were that thought they were better in school. Uh, I've tried to be 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 me friend type of thing since then. Yeah, and um, and they've just been declined. Yeah, um, I'm happy with the people I've got around me. I've got unbelievable support. Um, so I don't I don't need to really um, make new best friends. Um, yeah, it's exciting, man. What an exciting journey to be on as a heavyweight yeah. as well. Six fights undefeated with four finishes and another finish coming this weekend in the seven fights. That's on the MTK show, destined for Greenbank Sports Academy on Saturday night. Full details of that coming up in part three of the show. Please stick with us. I'm also going to give you some ticket details. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples here on Radio City Talk. We've already waxed lyrical about Beefy Smith's chances this coming weekend. Obviously, we celebrated the fact that uh, Rocky Fielding became the latest in a lineup of sensational Merseyside world champions. But boxing comes closer to home on Saturday night. Alex Dickinson, who's in the studio with me still, a heavyweight, undefeated heavyweight prospect. He features on the card this weekend. MTK Liverpool are back this coming weekend. What was that noise then? Was that your phone? Um, back this weekend, I'll do a quick rundown. Derry Matthews, of course, is the promoter representing MTK in Liverpool. The card this weekend, I think the first bell is around 6 o'clock, Greenbank Sports Academy in Liverpool. There will be tickets available on the door, I'm told. Um, weigh-in is at 3.30. Doors open at 7, first fight, 7.30. Thank you, Derry. There we go. A uh, quick rundown of the card. Stephen Lewis, um, Fights on the card in a four-rounder. Jed Carroll faces Ibra Riaz. Ten stone, one pound. That's a six-rounder. Craig Glover, the undefeated cruiserweight, super sensational, managed by Tony Bellew. He fights Kevin Williams in six threes. Mishesh Spear, he he sounds like a cracker, fights Paul Piers uh, at super featherweight. That's that's four threes as well. And Matt Fitzsimmons, the exciting Irish prospect, takes on Taka Bembia. That's over four rounds. I've got down here Alex. Alex Dickinson, four threes versus TBA. Yeah, I don't know him. He sounds like a winner to me, though. He, he sounds I, tough. I, I think his record's 10 and 0, 10 knockouts. 10 and 0. Well, he's getting knocked out and all that. <laughs> Top of the bill, of course, we had them both on last week. Brian Phillips versus Nick Ball. An all Merseyside showdown for two undefeated young prospects. Um, eight threes, that's over. Listen, believe you me, and me and Alex have just been talking about it during the commercial break then. Phillips versus Ball is going to be a little belted, isn't yeah. it? A small hall classic. Should be on television. It should be on television, absolutely. I don't know whether MTK is streaming the show this weekend on their social media. Check out MTK uh, across their social media. I'm sure they probably will be in some way, shape or form. Um, but, you know, obviously you've, you're training with Nick at the moment. He's out of the same gym at ERT. We had him in last week. Doesn't say too much, only a no. young lad. Yeah. But from the footage that I've seen, he's like a little miniature Mike Tyson. Yeah, he's... Uh... It's dangerous. He's a, it's going to be for Saturday. He's going to be a great fight, and it's going to be a good night. Um, Nick is flying. He's a he's dangerous. Him like yeah. Oh, there's a keeping quiet. You see, see I, I had Paul the coach <laughs> in last week much. as well, and Paul. I said, oh, you know, I said, oh, let me tell you, let me tell you, he's dangerous. But I was like, come on, give us the truth. <laughs> Brian Phillips. Anyway, anyone listens to the show last week, we obviously had Brian in the studio. Brian's super confident as himself. Brian's the one with the knockouts on his record. That's all I'm saying. Nick hasn't finished anybody as yet, but someone's O is going to go on Saturday night, Greenbank Academy in Liverpool. If you're available Saturday night, 
get down there. It's going to be a hell of a show. And you know what? You'll probably time it perfectly to get home and watch the World Boxing Super Series yeah. final as well, the Cruiserweight final, which none of us want to miss later on in the evening and on television. Um, only a four-rounder for yourself this weekend? I'll, I'll, you know, Why have we gone back to a four-rounder, is uh, it? I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, I thought it was a six-rounder. Oh, maybe uh, it is a six. Yeah, I've um, got it down for you. Maybe it's because it's still a TBA at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. Um, just leave all that down to MTK um, to sort out and pull. Um, but I'm, I've, I've been training for six anyway, so yeah. whichever's whatever, like it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Obviously, you've, you've done a six-rounder last time out, yeah. but you only needed four anyway, yeah. so it really makes no odds. I know. Um, last yeah. time you fought at Green Bank, <laughs> we had a bit of fun, mate, didn't we? Uh, that yeah. was a that was a fun card. You fought that a little bit of blood on my nose. Ivan Melanov, uh, yeah. who didn't look like much, yeah. but the kid can take a shot. Yeah, yeah. He, um, there wasn't much footage of him on YouTube and what have you, um, so it was a bit of a risk to take because he, he, I think his record was four fights, three knockouts, one defeat. Yeah. So he has he had been chinning people, um, and so there was not much footage of him. Um and he come over and he didn't look when he weighed in he didn't look nothing and then when he stood stood up to me in the ring I just remember seeing these shoulders on him yeah he was and thick uh, wasn't he yeah, like a tree yeah and um the first minute of every round he was he was dangerous because he was he was going for it which for these for these could you say journeyman he he was coming to win he was or he was coming to make me uh, earn me money type of thing yeah um. He was dangerous. For the, that first minute of every round, he was dangerous. And then the last round, um, he caught me with that left hook and that straight away blew me, no, me, me nose. Yeah. Um, and it, it put it put me off for a little minute, but then I gradually got back into it. Um, but it was a great learning. Fights like that is where, is, is where you learn. Absolutely, of course. Um, sometimes you, you, you best have... It's good to have fights like that early in your career because that's how you learn off them. Um, and he was um, a tough man, yeah. and I did hit him with uh, a lot, and uh, he just stayed stayed standing. They're, they're, as you say, they're the fights you learn from, though, aren't they? You know, you can't blow everybody away. Mm-hmm. You've got to real, you've got to know when, you know, you're in a mini crisis. Your nose is gone. That throws your equilibrium off. You, your eyes are watering. You think, well, wait a minute. And it's against guys like this where you've got the talent to be able to keep them at the end of the job yeah. while you clear your head and get yourself sorted. It's when you get to the next level, the title, the championship level, you don't want it to happen then because you've never experienced it. So that's why on small hall shows like this, the right kind of opponent at the right time is kind of perfect. Yeah, it's great being on these small hall shows as well. It's great. You probably get better fights on them them small hall shows than you would on the the television because at the moment they're just building me. Of course. Um, I probably wouldn't have had a fight like that if... I did if it if it was on the telly, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Every week. Me. Yeah, yeah. But he was. Um, you wouldn't want to come across him all all the time, like because he's he, he can't. He, he's won two since, by the way. Has he? Yeah, he's won two since. Yeah. So, so he's. Um, he is trying to go out there and break and break people's hearts. He uh, tried to try to break mine, but I I I I overcome it and beat him. Um, yeah. This weekend, of course, again. Still a T- TBA. Yeah, I think a lot of people listening be, would be frustrated by that. Come on, you know, yeah. this is Alex's seventh fight. We want to see him move forward. We want to want to see you know one opponent. Ideally, of course, you wouldn't need an opponent. Yeah. But as you say, this is the early part of the journey. Yeah. You know, you're putting the groundwork in at the moment. We're still we're still very much on the first yeah. floor. Yeah. You know, of this oh, skyscraper. Yeah. That at the top is the world title belt. So 
you've just got to accept it, I guess, yeah. and move forward. Yeah, of course. Um, it's just like someone was telling me the other day about it. Uh, why, why do you not know who, who, who you're boxing? Well, as an amateur, you never knew who you were boxing until you turned up that day. So it doesn't bother me. Um, just deal with whoever is going to be put in front of me on Saturday. Um, yeah. <laughs> you seem to be enjoying this early stage of your career. I'm not surprised. You're so busy. But are you someone that's looking forward to the next stage? Are you looking forward for an English title shot when you when you do know your opponent or when you can start game planning? Because obviously, right now, all the good work that you're doing with Paul, none of it is really like, okay, we're going to come together now and we're going to make a game plan for this guy. We're going to watch tape together. And Or do you do that now already? Are you looking at some heavyweights now already? Or after you've sparred Tyson, do you go away and, and look at your spars with Tyson Fury and think, oh, I can make, make this do this differently and do that differently? And Yeah, well, as in what learning do you mean? Just in terms of, yeah, because right now you're putting in some great work with Paul. You, you, you clearly couldn't be happier. Yeah. But one part of the dynamic that's missing is game planning yeah. for fights specifically right, okay, yeah, yeah. and building for the next level. Are you both now looking at the English champion or you know other guys in the rankings and going, look what he does, watch him this weekend, watch yeah. the way he does this, this is how we beat him? Or Yeah, well, I am I am looking around. I, I do look at other opponents, other heavyweights other heavyweight around um, to see what's around, basically. Um, but I don't really have a game plan yet as in this is what we're going to do because I'm still only I'm still like a, I'm still raw yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still inexperienced um, in all aspects of the, of, of boxing because I haven't come from like um, a 200 fight amateur pedigree yeah um, so I think once I get to uh, 10 fights or a bit more is that when we'll start looking for something another year another year or year and a half of learning and then we'll go from there. See, David Halden, the last opponent, he um, he he was a bit of an obstacle because he was so big, six foot nine, and he's he has he's he's been in there with the, the lads who are up and, up up and coming now through the ranks. Yeah. And um, to see how I, how I dealt with him was nice to say, I'm getting there like a barometer, isn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm getting there slowly. So hopefully, say in the next year or year and a half, um. Me and Paul will come up with, or Paul Paul will come up with an idea of what we want to do and what have you. But at the moment, just carry on doing what I'm doing. Say MTK are keeping me mad busy, um, which I'm made up with, um, and just keep fighting, keep going, and see what happens. Long term, do you, do you think your future will always be a heavyweight? Do you think when you get to championship class, you might come down to cruiserweight or no? I'll um, I'll stay at heavyweight. I'm I'm quite. Thick set, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm 16 stone now. So for me to get another stone half off me, whether it be too much for me, I'm not too sure. Um, I never used to do weights, and then since turning over, I've started doing my weights and what have you. And my body is now changing and filling out, yeah. Um, so I feel like staying at heavyweight, it just I'm happy staying at heavyweight because if you look at Deontay Wilder, he was only he's only 15 stone, yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Tyson was only 15 and a half stone. Um, so it doesn't really matter how big you are. Uh, because say my last opponent was six foot nine and nineteen and a half stone. Um, so that wasn't a problem. And that um, no, the first the first few rounds is where you, where you have problems with people that size. Of course, that's where they're dangerous. Yeah. Um, with the with the longer jab and what have you. But over the rounds, I've I I keep I'm my main thing is that I'm I'm fit, and 
I'm always I'm not I'm paranoid that I'm not fit. Yeah. So yeah. I always try and go a bit more to be fitter. Of so as a heavyweight, and I think that's what's won a lot of my amateur stuff was because I was always fitting them. All these bigger lads, I was always fitting on them. So um it doesn't now I'm not gonna I wouldn't I wouldn't go down to cruiserweight. But obviously whatever Paul wants me to do, yeah, I'll do because and Paul's Paul's Paul is so clued up on everything, yeah. and he is so knowledgeable. And whatever he decides, that's is what is, is is what we do type of thing. Um, and my life's in is in his is in his hands. It's great that you've got that relationship with him. You need, it's so you, important, you need, yeah, in, yeah. especially in boxing. If you don't have a good relationship with your coach, or um, I, I believe that if if you go to a boxing gym and you have a day off. And you don't text your coach saying I'm not coming in or whatever, and the coach like, all right, sound no problem. That's, I don't think that's good. If we have a day off, or sorry, if if I t- if we didn't turn up for the gym, Paul would kick off You'd because it's if you if you want to be a professional boxer, of course you, you've got to be in the gym. Don't be messing. Yeah, yeah. Don't be wasting Paul's time as well. Um, so it's sort of not. Um, what's the word called? Where um. It's the respect. This word's not respect, but I can't think of the word. But you don't want to waste his time. Do you know what I mean? Because um, he's given his time up to help you out. And if you're not turning up for the gym or you're making excuses why you can't get to the gym or what have you, yeah. um, you're wasting his time. And um, mm. You're in a good place that your stomach going there as well. I don't think you I'm, can tell. Look, see, the big heavyweight, he hasn't, he hasn't eaten for half an hour. And look, he's starving now. Look. Fruit enough this morning, that's all I've had. <laughs> Should be on the Weetabix, a lad like you, six Weetabix sure, every morning. It, it, you're in the perfect location to be a to be a you know a blossoming heavyweight as well. You know, you, in this city alone, you've got David Price potentially for sparring just up the road. You've got yeah. Tyson Fury for sparring. Una, yeah. you've done you've done a lot of rounds yeah. with. To be able to work with guys like that caliber as yeah. well, you know that that's got to bring you on loads, yeah. surely. Yeah, like I've been getting a few spars with uh, David Price the last couple of weeks because he's boxing the week after myself. Yeah. Um, but then I was sparring with Tyson. Uh, I got a good couple of weeks with Tyson as well, and that was always a um, great experience with, with with the pair of them. To be honest with you, because they are they've they're like atypical modern day heavyweights, yeah. aren't they? Six eight, six nine, you know, yeah, fit, long levers, and no outer jab. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and I've got the backhand to prove it as well. Yeah. So as you can obviously vouch yeah. for, but yeah. if you can handle guys like that in sparring, then the you know you've got to go my thinking. The world's my oyster here. Yeah, well. It's um, every time I spar, I don't try and go into spar to um, have a tear up. I want to try and learn. I want to try and um, practice things. What Paul's trying to show me in the gym, what have you? With Tyson, I was trying that slipping shot, slipping throwing a shot, slipping throwing a shot, and um, over the over the, the the two weeks I had with him, I felt like I was getting there. Like I was slowly catching him, um, but then. Um, he gave it to me a little bit just to sort yeah, of put yeah. me back in my place, but it's it, it's just such great learning experience to spar with the likes of Pricey and the likes of Tyson because, like, say T- Pricey's boxed all around the world as an amateur, you know, he's, and he's done he's done well as a professional, yeah. and then Tyson, who's the lineal world champion, who's who's the man, yeah, yeah, um, who's the man that beat the man, Absolutely. so I couldn't um, ask for a better spar, and that's ten minutes away or an hour away in Manchester yeah. and do you know and all 
the, the when people have asked me about oh what's it what's it been like sparring Tyson or whatever, it's been amazing. And the main thing I say to people is he's an absolute gentleman as well. Absolutely. Um, he's such a polite man. You know how you see that how you see him is on the telly and whatever is is how he is. He, he he's just he's just a, a normal lad. He's not in the limelight. He's not faking it. He's not blagging it. Um, it's just been uh, this year for me sparring with 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 them lads. I couldn't ask for better sparring, really. Of course. You couldn't pay for better sparring, no. let's be honest. No. And I think what people need to understand is, as well, you know, six fights in 15 months or whatever it is, six straight wins. And, and yes, you know, it, it's a it's a level of opponent that's suited for where you are right now. This is a this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. Yep. Even though you're 31, the heavyweight division 40s. is different. You know what I mean? The heavyweight division is one thing and professional boxing every other weight class is something completely different. But it's true to say that what you're doing in the gym, the sparring you're doing in the gym is on a world-class level already mm. and you're six fights in. Mm. That's just, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Doing, doing all right, like. Just doing all right, <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> if you want to watch Alex this weekend, as I say, Greenbank Sports Academy is the one down by Sefton Park in Liverpool Saturday night. MTK Liver- return to Liverpool for their Liverpool show, second one of the year. Um, Alex will be in a Potential four or six rounds, we're not yeah. sure yet. TBA will be getting knocked out in the corner, yeah. you better believe that. Um, don't forget, there's an amazing showstopper top of the bill on that card as well. Please don't miss it. An all Merseyside showdown. Brian Phillips versus Nick Ball over eight rounds. Someone's always got to go, baby. Yeah. We'll finish tonight's show with one last statement, one last celebration, because Rocky Fielding is the new champion of the world. Oh, wait a minute, let me bounce back to Alex, yes. because this is critical, this is very important at this it level. Is. Alex, give a shout-out to your sponsors, please. Um, let me get my picture up here. My internet's not working. You're trying to get your shorts <laughs> up, or t- is this your <laughs> no, T-shirt? T-shirt. <laughs> no, so I've got, um, say, my family and friends that do help me out massively. I wouldn't be able to box without without them. Um, Downing Developments, which is a Liverpool-based company, to do uh, student accommodations and what have you. Karen Parks, which is, a, which is a local estate agent in Formby. Uh, Proline Utilities as well, which is a company that... Um, commercial Energy Consultancy. Okay, I'm glad you got there um, in the end. I know, I know. Terrible at stuff like this. b and Construction as well, who's... Um, they, they help me out. They do buildings, uh, maintenance and what have you, in Formby. Yeah. Uh, based company. They're all, a lot of them are on social media if you want to try and get hold of them. Uh, Aesthetics of Liverpool as well. They do uh, me hair transplants and stuff like that. Absolutely. No, I'm only messing. <laughs> no, I'm thought you going down to yeah. Matthews and go, wait a minute. <laughs> no. no, but Aesthetics of Liverpool, they they help me out. They, they're they a great company uh, in Liverpool based. And uh, Next Energy UK as well, a friend of mine's company. Um, he helps me out. And that is it. Done. Sensational. Listen, to all them companies, I'm sure if you go onto Alex's social media, you can get links to them all in. A big thank you to all them companies as well, because at the end of the day, without you, guys like Alex wouldn't be able to begin his journey. And hopefully one day set his foot foot into the ring, win British titles, Commonwealth titles, European titles, and hopefully make that world title dream. Hopefully. is out there Hopefully. thanks again for joining me in the studio thanks much appreciated best of luck for the weekend TBA is going to get it one more time nice one Nick. Rocky Fielding Sweet Caroline sensational and the new fingers crossed Liam Beefy Smith follows in his footsteps this weekend this is Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via iTunes